Welcome all to another episode of the European Values Podcast. And we wish you a good day from here, from sunny Prague. Welcome, especially to those of you who are interested in the issues of international security and its many forms, which is the overall topic of this podcast. The European Values Podcast is produced by our organization, the European Values Center for Security Policy which is based here in Prague and that focuses on current security policy issues in Europe and in the world in general. My name is David Plasek. I'm an analyst of the European Value Center and I focus on the region of China and East Asia in general. And I will be moderating this podcast. This episode will be concerning one increasingly important topic and that is the protection of strategic and dual-use technologies from foreign interference, from theft or from misuse. That is increasingly important for national security of countries anywhere. And it's a topic that was rather neglected, at least in Europe, in the past. And the specific main goal of our today's discussion is to compare and share in a way, the policy development plans in this area between Europe, Japan and Taiwan. The democratic countries all around the world need to ensure that sensitive and dual-use technologies, regardless of their public or private origin, do not fall into the wrong hands. And of course, in this, uh, in this uh, issue, the main concern is China and its rising geostrategic aspirations, right? Which have, with the aspiration have the technology supremacy, the great source of information for, for these plans or how to build these frameworks of protections in Europe and, and other parts of the world. So great source of information for this are countries that already have a long experience with this issue, countries that have to face China and its activities and attempts of, of stealing or misusing the technologies for a much longer time that we in Europe um, have the experience with. So the source of such valuable information and know-how are especially the countries of Japan and Taiwan, given their position and a unique experience given its geographical and other proximity to China and, and the long time that they have to face these problems already. So for these reasons, today we invited a leading expert on the topic from Japan and Taiwan to give their insights and reflections on, on this issue. So let me please introduce them. The first guest here is Professor Setsuko Aiko, professor of Kyiv University, and who's also a chairman of the panel of experts on Japan's economic security policy set up in 2021 in order to enhance Japan's economic security strategy and especially the resilience of supply chains of strategically vital uh, goods and technologies. So, Professor Aiko, hello, and thank you very much for being here. 
And the second guest from Taiwan is uh, Christy Su. And um, uh, Director Su is a director of the Taiwan ASEAN Study Center at the Changhua Institution for Economic Research, which is one of the think tanks in Taiwan. And uh, her areas of research and interest include Southeast Asia study, regional economic integration, international trade policy and economic trade law issues. And among other things, she's also a advisory member to International Affairs Committee of Taiwan Chamber of Commerce. So, Director Su, hello, and thank you for being here. So, during the, the following presentation, we would like to discuss uh, today specifically what are the experiences from Japan and Taiwan? What is the situation now in the countries concerning the issue of sensitive and critical technologies? And what what are the lessons and and best uh, best practices learned from their experiences so far? So I would first ask our guests, and we will start with, with Japan. Can you please describe the current situation of the of the legislation and agency approach for protecting technologies in your country, starting with, with Japan? Thank you very much. Thank you, David. So let me a little bit talk about the current situation in Japan. The last 10 years, Japan has been earnestly protecting the dual-use technologies. Maybe finally, before that, the dream of globalization and liberal treatment of goods and technologies was sort of a good thing. But well, gradually, it was found out that not the case. So first, increased strictness was added to foreign exchange and foreign trade act. That is almost the only act in Japan to control sensitive goods and technologies. So Japanese well, trade issue. If you try, if you want to know the Japanese trade issues, it's rather easy. It's not like the United States very complicated legal systems. Foreign Exchange and the Foreign Trade Act, made in 1949, was a pillar. So the well, first pillar was the strict well strict well it's a strengthened regulations of that act. And then universities well, research also was has been asked to have more eyes on technology transfer to well some foreign students. So research research integrity has been asked for faculty. That has been in the policies in Japan, well, the last two, three years, and this year, again, well, new policies have been added. And then, finally, economic security and protection, sorry, Economic Security Promotion Act was made into law last May. It, it has not been implemented yet, but now that is, hurriedly 
preparing for the implementation, this act is rather overarching and well, it covers rather comprehensively supply chains and critical infrastructure and to nurture advanced research and technology and also to limit some patent application. Now, some patent application will not be disclosed if this law is implemented. So, four areas, supply chains, critical infrastructure, advanced R&D, and patent issues are regulated in this law. And now the government is preparing for, well, making policies and detailed part to best implement them. And I'm, I think I'm very much honored to well, play some role as a chair of the Economic Security Promotion Committee made by experts, well, all private persons of 18 people. And about the lessons learned from the previous experiences, well, it is the biggest one, biggest shock was COVID-19 consequences. All of a sudden, we came to know that dependence on a certain well, small number of countries on very important materials was very risky. It would, make, it would put our economy very vulnerable. And also, well, without, without the COVID-19 issues, Gradually, the collapse of well, rosy globalization dream have taught us that every country needs to be independent in some very basic area. And then, but no country can be really independent. So co cooperation with democratic countries is very much important. That are two, well, lessons learned well, by us, and now we are making efforts well, to address these issues. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I would have just one uh, maybe following uh, question on you. Why do you think that it took so long for Japan to really prepare this framework of protection? Because this issue, of course, has been important for a longer time. So why do you think that Japan is starting to do that only in the past years? Well, strengthening foreign exchange and the foreign trade act, some, well, some, some regulations on supply chain issues have been added, but the reason, I think the main reason is we are a free market country. Well, we are democracy. So the government is reluctant to order pri private companies to deal with a certain company or not to do that. It's very difficult from, well, from liberal thinking. That is the first reason. And well, and, and, and also with trade reality, 
Now, the biggest trade partner is China, not the United States anymore. So, the big boys from the, the industries made it difficult for the government to go, well, go forward to do that straightforwardly. But the well, recent ramifications in international society finally made a country to to do what we have to do now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once more. Thank you for for your explanation. And uh, now we could shift to to Taiwan and to Director Su. And I would also ask you, please, to introduce the situation in Taiwan. I don't need to explain to the audience the important issues concerning threat of China to Taiwan's economic security, especially after the recent uh, live-file uh, military drills surrounding Taiwan on water and on sea, and series of economical urgent on Taiwan following high-ranking foreign officials to visit Taiwan. Um, I think I'll first introduce to you Taiwan's trade policy towards China and what China is trying to do on theft of technology from Taiwan. Because of China's continuous threats to Taiwan's national security and economic stability over the past decades, uh, which is very different from the case of Japan, Taiwan has developed a unique and separate system of policies, laws, and approaches to manage cross-strait economic relations. And even after China and Taiwan separately joined the World Trade Organization, the WTO, in December 2001 and January 2002, uh, respectively, Taiwan has successfully maintained a differential trade regime in managing cross-strait trade and investment relations. I think this is a very unique case in the world among WTO members. And Taiwan currently takes a negative lease approach in managing outbound investment in China, restricting certain Taiwan agriculture, manufacturing, and services to invest in China. And we continue to take a positive lease approach regulating Chinese investment in Taiwan, meaning only those categories or subcategories of industry explicitly listed out are allowed to invest or engage business activities in China. Through this, we have been uh, managed to protect our technology and also our economic development. And though there have been debates on whether the government should adopt a negative lease approach to attract more investment from China, and luckily because the society has never reached consensus on lifting restriction, we continue to uh, have the more restriction, uh, a stringent policy towards China. In previous years, when economic security or uh, geopolitical issues were not yet a widespread concern in Taiwan and in the world, Chinese companies preferred to use the forms of direct investment in Taiwan. But in recent years, due to increasing economic security concerns toward Chinese investment and after increasing cases of theft of technology, uh, intellectual property, and trade secrets in Taiwan, Chinese companies or entities change their strategy and tend to take an indirect approach in coming to Taiwan. For example, uh, they tend to merge Taiwanese companies or Taiwanese companies' uh, overseas subsidiary, uh, mainly in China and Hong Kong, 
or try to acquire their shares. And there are um, uh, 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 emerging new types of uh, new types and categories of business uh, activities due to technological innovation. And now, some scholars here suggest that the government should reconsider the current negative、um, list approach and add more extra restrictions. Now,、uh, concerning the technology, you've been asked.、Um, high technology industry have always been a vital lifeline of Taiwan's economy. Among that, Taiwan's most competitive technologies or industries are semiconductor and ICT、um, uh, industry. For example,、uh, TSMC, which is now a worldly well-known company, is the world's largest chip maker. It has a ninety-two percent of global Market share of advanced uh, advanced uh, semiconductor chips. The company's state-of-the-art technology of manufacturing seven nanometer, five nanometer, three nanometer, and currently developing two nanometer super advanced chips makes the company the world leader in the most advanced and cost-effective company. In recent years, a Chinese company or entities,、uh, in order to develop so-called red supply chain. Uh, especially in high tech or strategic industry, have been trying to infiltrate Taiwanese industry. They use various means to try to get what they need for its national goals of、uh, techno uh, te technology competition. The most common ways include、uh, they lure high tech talents from Taiwan, steal Taiwanese core technologies and trade secrets. Or illegally establish entities or subsidiaries in Taiwan to engage in business activities restricted by Taiwanese law. For example, setting an、uh, R&D centers are not allowed on the positive list of Chinese activities in Taiwan. But um, 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 the invest uh, Taiwan's in, uh, investigation bureau under the、uh, Ministry of Justice has found in recent years an increasing number of Chinese companies or Chinese company disguised as foreign companies or Taiwanese companies、uh, conducting R and D activities and recruit local talents and then lure. Steal or forced to get technologies or trade secret from them.、Uh, according to our Ministry of Justice, a survey、uh, three years ago suggests that、uh, since 2015, Chinese companies have directly or indirectly recruited or poached more than 3,000 Taiwanese engineers in semiconductor industry, accounting for around. Ten percent of total IC engineers in Taiwan. So this is extremely important issues for Taiwan. I'll talk about the legislation later、uh, to you. Thank you very much, David. Oh, also,、uh, uh, thank you for your, your your thorough explanation. I would maybe follow with a question to ask, and because we mentioned it also in uh, in um, regards to Japan, what was the what is the general I would say reaction or approach by the business community or entrepreneur community of Taiwan towards these、uh, these new、uh, laws or towards the new towards this approach against China. Are there also people who think that this will hurt the trade industry in in, in Taiwan? 
Yes, uh, you really raise a very interesting issue. This is also something that has been um, um, changing in the past decade. It's the case of Japan, um, China, including Hong Kong, uh, has been Taiwan's largest trading partner for more than two decades. And most Taiwanese companies have either business a trade or investment in China. So uh, I think um, 10, 15 years ago, when the government uh, tried to adopt more stringent uh, policies toward China, there have been seriously debates, uh, debates. You know, as I mentioned that people are talking about that we should uh, we should be more, uh, 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 we should be uh, liberalizing our sectors for, time, for China so that we may have more trade, more investment from China. However, that kind of attitude of our business community have changed in the past um, 10 years, in, t- in particularly in the past three, uh, four years. Uh, 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 because of for, uh, the first reason is uh, after uh, after China announced its goal, uh, for example, the, China, the Made in China to 2025, it has very actively tried to um, 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 take technologies directly from Taiwan, especially in the sector I mentioned to you, the ICT sectors and also the semiconductor, uh, semiconductor uh, uh, techno- uh, technology and industry. And also because there have been a number of cases of uh, very famous large Taiwanese company uh, uh, are deprived or uh, stalled of their technology or trade secret by a Chinese company, Chinese people, or Chinese entity. And therefore, nowadays, uh, large companies and smaller companies, too, realize that they should, um, they should try anyways to protect themselves. And that is the, ba- uh, that is the uh, 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 background for uh, Taiwan's series of amendments to uh, uh, a very important uh, a very important laws. So uh, I, I would like now to introduce to you that uh, in the past two to three years, Taiwan's legislature has passed multiple pieces of legislation uh, related to national security, especially with the purpose to combat Chinese illegal activities threatening Taiwan industry and economic security. And with the consensus now in society uh, that this uh, legislation are fully support, they have bipartisan support and also full support from our business community. And the major piece, uh, uh, two major pieces are the amendment to the National Security Act and amendment to the Act governing cross-trade relations. Both have enhanced regulation to safeguard Taiwan's high-tech industry and prevent foreign leaks of important core technology and trade secrets. So these are the uh, uh, very basic of Taiwan's uh, uh, attitude, including the government, uh, bipartisan, and also the business community to try to uh, enhance uh, our economic security by combating uh, and combating and tackling uh, all these actions uh, of China against Taiwanese companies and Taiwanese trade. Thank you. I would just mention that for our listeners, that few details on what you mentioned. You mentioned the initiative by the Chinese government called China 2025, which is basically an initiative of the Chinese government that chose 10 specific 
uh, areas of technology or STEM types of technology in which China seeks to be completely independent by 2025, meaning completely independent from foreign research. Uh, this uh, this uh, technologies include things just as as I. Um, aerospace technologies, electricity, etc., etc. So it's 10 technologies and China seriously aims to be independent. Uh, that also is one of the motives for China to try to get the technologies it lacks by illegal means. And it's also a good segue for me now to ask our uh, guest from Japan about how Japan actually did choose the technologies that it seems to protect more, meaning uh, these technologies that are that are subjected to the special FDI screening, these 16 sectors of technologies. H- how is Japan, how Japan chose them? And do you think this set of technologies that should be protected is final? Or do, do, you, do you see that system as working right? Thank you. Uh, thank you, David. Well, you said uh, 16, 16 sections. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the 16 sectors of, of Japanese, uh, of Japanese uh, strategic technologies, but I know that is just one of the ways how Japan is, uh, is defining its critical technologies. So I would ask you how, how, how Japan did choose technologies or even more in a general way, how to actually, how a country can actually identify what technologies are the special ones that should be protected more? Yeah. Uh, thank you for your question. Well, it, it is now being chosen and now it's being discussed which uh, supply chain technology should be given more protection. And uh, well, t- t- now it's, uh, it, it's uh, during the time of public, uh, public comments about the governmental draft basic policy. Then, so it's not being decided, but well, things would be implemented like this. So first, the cabinet makes basic policy, and then each competent minister, so well, if it's 10, so it may be 10 ministers or eight ministers or seven ministers, which is not decided yet, but minister makes its, well, its own policy. Then a candidate companies, voluntarily, a company will well, commit themselves, a company commit itself to be a, well, to be a company which cooperates with governmental policy. And then the, each minister will review if that plan is good enough or not. And if a company is, the company's plan is approved, that company's given assistance, well, financial assistance and technological assistance and facility assistance from the government. So by doing that, supply chain would be healthily protected. That is a grand design. And when it comes to critical infrastructure, it's already decided, 14, 
from electricity, gas, oil, to broadcasting, postal services, financial services, and credit cards. Well, that's a decided. And, but at first, supply chain would be implemented. It would be, it has to be implemented after the adoption of the law, well, after, within nine months of the adoption of the law, which means, well, the law was adopted last May, so, which means well, someday in February next year. But for the critical infrastructure, it has more time. But so at first, 14 designated, designated areas are chosen already. So now the government, well, of course, in cooperation with the companies, think about the scope of each business sector. S which scope would be regulated by the government? And then, if that is done, applicable private companies would be decided for each of the 14 categories. And so if a company plans to establish a new facility in this case, or installation for such services, gas, electricity, or waterworks, then it shall make a prior notification to the competent minister. And then, well, about specification of facility or installation or which maker or things like that. And then if the government will give us approval, then that company can make a new facility and also maintain such facilities. But if, well, they, their prior notification isn't met, the conditions government wants them to fulfill, then, well, some recommendation is given. And if a company doesn't answer or doesn't publish the recommendation, as a final, well, as a final tool, the government may order, but in order not to do so, because it's a free economy, free market society, gross cooperation between the companies and the government will be contemplated. But all, those, all these processes are written in the law. Economic Security Promotion Act. But now, yet, it's a, it's a stage to make more detailed plans and rules in the form of cabinet orders or ministerial orders and well, other guidelines. That is a situation. Okay, thank you very much. And now I would put a similar question also for for our guests from Taiwan, how 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 the Taiwanese government prepared the the set of technologies that that should be protected. Also, maybe with special focus of, on on semiconductors, because maybe some of the listeners do not uh, know this uh, this fact. But but Taiwan is the most important world producer of this technology, so it it has to put also special. A special focus on the semiconductors, but uh, when it comes to the set of technologies in general to be protected, uh, what would you say about Taiwan and this issue? Yeah, thank you very much for the question. I think Taiwan, um, because of the uh, uh, um, 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 geographical um, proximity and also because Taiwan and China 
share the same culture and the same language. So Taiwan has always been the priority target for China when he wants to develop its de uh, economy. Three decades ago and two decades ago, when he wants to develop its own technology, Taiwan is, is always the first priority of target for them to either trying to cooperate or trying to get technology uh, technologies from. So uh, for that, I think uh, our the whole society, especially the business community, are fully aware what kind of technology are sensitive uh, to are sensitive to our economic uh, security uh, because this technology are definitely on China's lease for their uh, development. So uh, the government has been using a very dynamic approach to manage and control that kind of technology and economic uh, uh, interaction with China. So we have uh, different ministries, including Minist uh, Ministry of Econ uh, Economic Affairs, and also Council on Mainland Affairs. This is the uh, ministry level uh, agency that deals particularly cross-strait relations, and also Ministry of Justice, etc have regularly or irregularly review of what technology in what form should be protected and what kind of extra measures or ex extra practices need to be adopted. So that kind of operation have been uh, working pretty well in the past, um, I would say in the past uh, uh, two decades. However, uh, in the past five years, that kind of threat seemed to be more uh, immense and more close to more close because you know after uh, the U.S. China trade friction esca uh, escalated, um, U.S. had imposed a lot of export control measures toward China. So China have to find other ways to get uh, their chips or, and also to get their technology. So we find Chinese companies have been more active in the past three years. So um, last year, uh, our legislature uh, passed two important laws, uh, uh, as I just mentioned. Uh, the amended uh, National Security Act and also the uh, amended act governing cross-strait relations, both acts actually put more uh, 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 put more emphasis on protecting our emerging technology and also protecting our uh, trade secrets and also prohibiting certain forms of interaction or activities and when it uh, 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 concerning China and also concerning uh, um, Hong Kong or Macau or any. Uh, for, uh, any uh, foreign uh, forces that are actually uh, disguided you know, by Chinese by Chinese company, and under this uh, amended laws, Taiwan's national science organizations and technology associations are required to regularly review the definition of core technologies or critical technologies, and they need to develop uh, systemic models. Uh, methods or means to identify this technology. So this is something that has been in practices for decades, but right now they have to have a more systematic way to put this um, definitions and uh, a coverage into our our law. So this is what we do with uh, emerging technologies concerning China's uh, threat and China's actions against Taiwan. Now, you mentioned about the semiconductor industry, and uh, it, it is very interesting because uh, 20 years ago, the government, uh, the 
different uh, the rule the current uh, the current ruling party and opposition party have serious debate whether to allow uh, semiconductor and ICT industry to invest in China. So uh, at, at that time uh, we have adopted uh, it is the same until now a very very cautious and stringent a stringent approach. For example, for uh, eight inches, uh, 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 eight inches uh, chief uh, fabrication, which is right now a very old, uh, a very old uh, model, uh, Taiwan allowed in uh, 2006 uh, for our companies to invest eight inch semiconductor fabrication in China. And only two or three years ago, the government allows, uh, allow, after debates, of course, and also uh, a case-by-case -case review, the, uh, uh, the government allowed 12-inch uh, 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 achieve fabrication to invest in China. So with this very old models invest in China, we maintain the core and more advanced technology in Taiwan. For example, as I mentioned to you, the seven nanometer, uh, five nanometer, and two nanometers. So that's how we uh, separate uh, different technology by allowing uh, older generation, older technology uh, uh, to invest in China so that Taiwanese companies continue to uh, have uh, operation facilities in China because, you know, we have very limited land and human resource in uh, our own country. And uh, 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 so we have uh, older generation technology or chip making in China while we keep the most advanced and more sensitive and core technology in, in, in Taiwan. So that is how we deal with, uh, how we deal with uh, 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 protecting our uh, technology. And also I would like to mention one thing which is very, very important, uh, which is how we define Chinese entity, because I think this is, uh, after all, the most important issue that will be adopted by law. Uh, uh, the older, the older, uh, older uh, definition defines a Chinese entity or a Chinese company use a very simple method uh, for a company that owns. Uh, more than 30% of share of a Chinese company. It is regarded a Chinese company. However, because we have found a lot of cases that Chinese company by uh, investing in third-party companies and trying to disguise as foreign companies or a, Hong, a foreign company means a U.S. company, Singapore company, or even a Taiwanese company coming to Taiwan to conduct illegal economic in, uh, activities. So uh, the new augmented law I just mentioned now have a more stringent uh, uh, definition of Chinese uh, entity or Chinese company. Now, in for uh, let me explain to you the no, new definition. Uh, if company A has thirty percent of share of a Chinese company, and company A owns fifty percent of share of company B, and then a company B has a share of Chinese uh, ha has a, a Chinese share of fifty percent by thirty percent, which is uh, uh, fifteen percent. In the old uh, definition, company B is not a Chinese company, so it can invest in Taiwan. Uh, but uh, according to the new definition, company B has either itself or its mother company owning, uh, owning more than 30% of share by China. 
Now it is defined as a Chinese company or Chinese entity, and is thus subject to all regulations governing Chinese entity. Are not allowed to do any business or to conduct a, 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 a investment here in Taiwan. So this is another way that we try to. Uh, enhance all kinds of protections to uh, protect uh, any possible forms of Chinese actions against Taiwan. Thank you, David. Thank you also for very very well explained、uh, situation in your countries. So, and I would come up with a final question、uh, for both of you.、Um, just that would just try to think of what do you think the Current system in your countries, or the system that is currently、uh, being passed, like in the case of Japan, if there is something that you still miss when it, when it comes to 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 this issue, is there still something for the future that you think, from your expertise, should be should be、uh, done more about, or another legal instrument that should be be introduced in the future, something that is missing right now? Uh, or which is not even discussed much as you would like it to be discussed. I would again start with Japan. Thank you, David, for your very important question. Yes, well, it's it's rather comprehensive this economic、uh, economic security promotion act. But well, and well, it seems more comprehensive than previous acts. But it it it's not the all needed. Parts, it's just the mo- most urgent areas have been chosen: supply chain, critical infrastructure, and R and D for advanced technologies and patent issues. So I think, well, of course, there must be other areas to be addressed in the future, but to implement well, and it's still just a text. So to. Implement and operation well, and that that is the first stage. And if these four areas are covered, I think technology protection, especially well intangible technology te- protection, would be well very much ameliorated than now. And among four areas, I think. Developing new technologies, emerging and critical technologies in Japan, and in cooperation with like-minded countries, that that that's very active. That's active plans would be sometimes more important just than pro just than protect current technologies. Of course, to protect technology is crucial, but at the same time. We have to be very creative, and to produce new technologies, and have to well have to advance or、uh, advance well jointly. I think. Thank you. Thank you, and the same question for our guest from Taiwan.、Um, yes, David.、Um, yes, I think um, because. Um, China's actions and measures actually vary、uh, 
uh, vary according to uh, the uh, large circumstances, and also according to our 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 uh, uh, legislation and practice. So I think currently the most important issue is uh, the enforcement. We need to have uh, effective effective enforcement, and also the cooperation from our business sector, uh, either for uh, individuals. Small companies and large company. Currently, uh, the good thing is, uh, uh, um, large companies ha- are all aware of the possible threats of Chinese uh, on their uh, development. But for certain individuals or for smaller companies, um, they still consider China or Chinese market is one of their most important market, and they and therefore they are uh, uh, more reluctant or less cooperative in uh, working with the government. But I think uh, uh, time will change that kind of situation because nowadays we heard more and more. Uh, technology leaks or a uh, theft of trade secrets, and also illegally pro- poaching, uh, poaching, uh, 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 poaching our people to work for them or force our people to uh, provide technologies to share with China. So I think that kind of situation may improve towards uh, to together. More consensus in the overall uh, overall society. I think another uh, important sector is, as I mentioned, that in Taiwan, uh, under the new amendment, uh, we uh, use a dynamic approach to regularly review uh, the development of technology and try to identify the uh, core or sensitive technologies uh, that we should protect. And I think that is a very effective way because uh, technology changes every day. So we continue to have emerging technologies or uh, business uh, categories that are not covered by the law. So having a cross uh, ministry uh, review mechanism to respond. Uh, immediately to that kind of to that kind of new development uh, 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 is is very important, and secondly, um, I think um, for Japan for Taiwan, uh, the research institution uh, 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 and business association industry association play a very important part. For example, in Taiwan, we have a chamber of commerce uh, in Ch- in China and in, in every part of the world. So through this chamber of commerce. We can also under, understand what kind of activities are now uh, are now uh, uh, conducted in uh, these countries, and what kind of activity that China is trying to compete uh, with with Taiwan or in other parts of the world. So through all kinds of channels, we are able to gather uh, 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 the latest information that help the government to. Um, Decide what needs, what new categories to、uh, needs to be protected. Thank you, David. Okay, thank you very much. And I think、uh, that is also great last question of our or last answers of our podcast because、uh, that's the main issue or the main theme, main goal is to show the Europeans、uh, in depth how the frameworks in Japan and Taiwan work. Specifically for the policy makers to see what are the options that they can take from when they building our own system of protection here in Europe or anywhere in the world where the system is not、uh, existing yet. So 
Um, that being said, I would like to I would like to thank both our guests one more for for being here. Uh, thank you very much that you you have the time to come here today. Uh, and uh, thank you very much for providing us with your knowledge and expertise. It was very insightful and interesting conversation. And also because of the fact that we can expect that there will be increasing interests in this topic and knowledge in Europe going forward. Thus, this podcast hopefully becomes a part of an important discussion. And uh, thank you. Thank you both for being here and have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you very thank much, you, David. David. Thank you, thank Aoki san. And thank you. And bye bye. Uh, and uh, goodbye. And I wish also to all of you who are listening a good rest of the day. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or EuropeanValues.com, uh, EuropeanValues.com, of course. And until the next episode of our podcast, goodbye. Goodbye.